Welcome back, and how's it going? I'm Dave. And I'm Josh, and welcome back to the second episode of the Putback. Today we'll be talking about football, baseball, and basketball, mostly with a focus on the on the WNBA and women in sports. David, I think you have some SEC predictions for us for the week. Yeah, this weekend is a, there's a lot of SEC games going on, so I went ahead and made my picks here. All right, first game, um, I think Alabama is going to absolutely roll Arkansas. The only team the Razorbacks could beat was Eastern Illinois. There's no possible way they can be the number one team in the nation. There's honestly a chance they only get two wins the entire season and come out of the at the end of conference play with no wins. Um, Missouri is going to beat the Gamecocks by a narrow margin, I believe. They'll be hungry after their loss to Georgia, and I think they can beat South Carolina by a field goal or two. Um, third up, LSU is going to wipe the floor with Florida. There's a reason they're ranked number five and Florida is barely ranked. They might can pull off an upset, but I don't see a scenario where that happens as of right now. Um, UL Monroe is not an SEC team, but they're playing Ole Miss, and Ole Miss will beat the brakes off of them because that's what they do best. They put up a ridiculous amount of points on small schools and get the life beat out of themselves against their SEC comrades. Texas A&M is going to pull a victory out of the air and upset the Wildcats. Kentucky is undefeated in conference play right now, but if there's any upset this weekend, I think it could be this one, and this one's the one to watch out for. A&M held their own against the number four team in Clemson, and the game is on Kyle Field, so I think the Aggies pull through on this one. Georgia is going to thump Vanderbilt, just like every other SEC team except for maybe Arkansas. There's really not much to say about this one. They might as well start Justin's fields because he'll see a lot of PT in this game regardless, uh, and I'd like to see what he could do starting the whole game. Auburn is going to bust MC State skull – or MS State, sorry, Mississippi State skull. And I'm not really sure which Mississippi team is worse. I guess we'll just have to wait until November to get the answer to that question, but they won't be proving much against War Eagle this Saturday. And that's all for my SEC predictions. All right, thank you for that. So, on lines football, switching over to the NFL for a little bit. Okay, so we would like to think – that we have an idea by now who will be the MVP for this upcoming in or for this NFL season that we are in right now. Yeah, I, th- I think at the, so, Dave, the quarter way mark, we've got a, a pretty good idea of where the season might go. And um, I'm going to give an offensive player and a defensive player that I think might could pull through. Um, offensively, um, right now it's looking like Patrick Mahomes is going to, you know, take it home. He's out here throwing left-handed passes. The man, he's just going ham. I mean, there's not really much he can't do unless maybe the only person I could see really beating him, maybe Jared Goff, maybe um, um, Aaron Rodgers, if he just keeps playing miraculously from injuries. But um, And the second player I think that could honestly get it is Khalil Mack because, you know, he's playing out of his mind defense. And the Raiders are absolutely dreading the fact that they got rid of him. Spider 2 Y Banana himself even said, you know, the the man's balling out. <laughs> he's he's a whole defense within himself, his stat line. It's quite ridiculous, honestly. Well, for me, I only did an offensive player because as things normally go, offensive players like to win awards like this because that's like that's what people like it's to very watch. fair. So my MVP prediction is Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Now, 
I was really hoping that David would have something um, against what my beliefs, but he is pretty much summing up exactly what I had to say. We try not to discuss with each other these kind of things before we go on air because we don't like to – we had like to have valid reactions to each other's exactly. and comments. So my prediction, for, my prediction is Mahomes, and I think it's just because – I mean, yeah, his offense is stacked, but he has shown actual pure talent. And he's he's so young, and he's got so much room to develop, and it's – He's going to be one bad dude later on in his career. Um, God forbid he gets injured, then that that would obviously ruin it. But this man, he's it, he's on the track to do some pretty great things in the NFL. Now, what I would like to say, and I this is a little bit of a twist, and not exactly what I plan on talking about, but because we both mentioned Patrick Mahomes, I would like to bring this up. So. I put out a tweet yesterday on our social media account on Twitter that um, a lot of people are in the comment section talking about Patrick Mahomes because he's hot news right now. And, of course, there's very, very polar political – I mean, polar opinionated beliefs. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So, there's all the people who are like, oh, he has Tyreek Hill. I mean, Travis Kelsey, uh, Kareem Hunt, all these really good players <clears throat> surrounding him. So that's why he just looks so good. And then there are people who are like, he's the next GOAT. So my opinion on this is that maybe we just need to chill out a little bit. And what I mean by that is I believe that every time someone new comes in with talent, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily have to be a bust or the GOAT. In fact, the actual thing I said was, Seems as though every time new talent comes around, they must be the next goat or the next bust. Can we just enjoy the show? That's fair. And that's that's how I feel about that. Because, I mean, he is generally entertaining to watch. Yes. Like, I enjoy watching Chiefs games, even though I'm a Falcon. But that being said, I do think he's showing a lot of talent and a lot of potential, even as good as he already is. So I believe that he will win the MVP for this season if all things go as planned and God forbid and God forbid he doesn't or God help us that he doesn't get injured. Excuse me. Love fumbled on my word. <laughs> yeah, um he, he's looking pretty good and it's it's kinda like it's like Fitz Magic, you know. Um he, people were saying he was either gonna be MVP or he was gonna ride the bench. And I mean, why can't we just enjoy the ride along the way instead of trying to predict the future? Like, I mean, nobody can actually predict the future. We can only make a guess as to what we think will happen. But, I mean, just enjoy the show. It's there for a reason. It's entertainment. Just you don't have to know what's going to come next. That's the beauty of it. Agreed. So, that sums up the NFL and SEC, which is what we focused on, but college football portion for today. So, moving on, we'd actually like to touch on a topic that it's a little bit rare for us to go into much detail about. However, we will be talking about the baseball playoffs, MLB playoffs. So, we – okay, we plan on bringing on a man by the name of Isaiah Thompson eventually to talk with us about baseball. And he'll be coming on every Wednesday to just give a little bit of – um. 
give a little bit of depth to our show more than just the things that we can talk about with assurance. Yeah, and he's he's much more well versed in the America's favorite pastime than we are because we that we just didn't focus on that in high school and we just haven't picked up on it yet. Maybe um, down the line when we learn some more about it, then we might speak on it a little bit, but we don't want to touch on something we're not familiar with and give you guys wrong information or opinions that we couldn't possibly have developed yet. (laughs) So for this episode, because we have a bigger segment that we're going to be doing later, we have just his predictions for the playoffs that I will read to y'all. And these come directly from him. He sent me to, he sent me these last night. And so he said he was right about one of the games even already. So here are his choices. Houston over Cleveland, A's over the Yankees. Then the Red Sox over the A's. Then the Red Sox over Houston. Dodgers over Braves. Rockies over Cubs. Milwaukee over Cubs. Dodgers over Milwaukee. Boston wins World Series against the Dodgers. See, okay. We've got a little bit of a um, house divided in in my apartment right now because my um, father-in-law is a diehard Dodgers fan, and his room is decked out in Dodgers. So every time I walk home, when I go in my room – I see his, if his door's open, I see all his Dodger stuff, and he always wears his T-shirts. And my family are Braves fans, so I feel like that's going to be a little bit annoying if he was right on that one. So, now, we we like to say that we're a little bit different from other radio shows because we like to bring on, or we plan on bringing on, the, the little guy, quote-unquote. Th- that's our mission. To come talk our, To come talk to us about whatever they their opinions are on sports because we want to hear from y'all we don't want to just be the sports show where a dude comes talks and leaves exactly so with that being said one of our friends has named evan Meir has sent us in some of his opinions on who will win the mlb playoffs now some of these picks might be similar but different opinions are accepted so his idea is Cubs will beat the Rockies, then lose to the Brewers in the divisional round. The Braves will beat the Dodgers, but the Brewers will win the National League. Yankees will beat the A's and then get eliminated by the Red Sox. The Astros will advance to the the ALCs, but will lose to the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are going to win the World Series in seven games. So you see that that had a little bit of a prediction on who will take it all and, and how many games it will happen. All right. So. Now, I hope that we can expand upon our baseball topics in the future by actually having guests other than ourselves come on, including Isaiah Thompson on Wednesdays. But as of right now, that's all we have. So we're going to do another in the defense of segment. And this one's going to be a defense of the WNBA. Um, uh, women in sports are looking to the treatment of female athletes in the basketball community and beyond. And joining us for this special edition is going to be none other than the GOAT herself, the head <laughs> coach of the Clinch County Pantherettes, Tanya O'Berry. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How, right? are you? How are you doing, GOAT? I'm good. I've right, been riding down the road. And, you know, when you start seeing the golden blooms on the, in the ditches along the highway, you know, basketball season's right around the corner. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, All for right. sure. That sounds great to hear. So? Um, we just have some questions for you. Thank you for um, coming on with us. So, 
Miss Anya, you played basketball in high school. How do you feel you were viewed as a female athlete? All right. So when I started playing basketball and I played in high school, this was like uh, late 80s. We had just built a new high school um, in Homerville. And I, I think, and I'm beginning my conversation that way because Clinch County had a tradition with a building at the old high school called the Old Barn. And when we moved to the new high school, uh, the game changed some with us being in a different setting. And I think we, mm-hmm. even though we were really, we were pretty good. We were really good. Uh, as the girls that I played with, we wound up winning state championship. Mm-hmm. I still think that, I don't know if it was the move from the old gym to the new gym made a difference. I'm not sure, but you, you would have people come in during the games, but not like they would fill it up for the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. So do you believe how you were viewed had any effect on your motivation to play or your performance? I think um, I think what made us unique, and um, when I say unique, my sophomore, junior, senior year, uh, we lost seven total games. And back in those days, you were playing, you know, almost 30 games a year. Um, yeah. I think we, we played for each other. Uh, I think at some point or, or on a different level, we realized that there are just some diehard Pantherette fans who were coming to the game and they really enjoyed what we were doing, but we played for each other and the people came fine. And if they didn't, we still played our heart out. I mean, we knew for most of us, all of us that when we finished with high school, that was pretty much it. Now we did have two girls, my junior year and my senior year who had scholarships and had the chance to go on and play. And, uh, but there really was nowhere to go then. Uh Uh I understand. So, um, you know, as your career has progressed, you have become the head coach for Clinch County high school, Clinch County high school's girls basketball team, as David had mentioned. How long have you held that position? I was trying to think that, think about that. I think this will be my third year. (laughs) Great. So, I've got a question piggybacking off of that mm-hmm. one. Um, what was the process like becoming the head coach for a team? Because, you know, Josh and I are adamant about getting into coaching one day. Was it kind of just thrown at you, or did you volunteer before they asked, or what was that process like? Well, honestly, <clears throat> the year before um, I got the job, I was coaching at the middle school, and I, I, I stepped back into that. They had been trying to get me to do it. I, I had coached the middle school girls basketball team about 20 years ago, maybe not quite 20 years ago when I – when I got into that, maybe it's maybe 12 to 15 and I really enjoyed it. And they kept asking and asking and asking. And I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. You know, I enjoy it. And then the, the first year I did it, then the next year, my second year coaching middle school, uh, they had a coaching turnover. That's when coach George moved up to coach at the um, high school boys where he'd been the girls coach for so long. And yeah, they just sort of had someone named. I didn't, you know, really hear that it was advertised. You know, and I'm not going to yeah. step on any of my administrators' toes, but, you know, small small towns have a tendency to do that sometimes. When you have a, a group of people, you know, we, we kind of know who we want, where, and, and, and what. And I just even, didn't even know that oh, yeah. that job yes, was available. Definitely. And when I found out it was available, I immediately called the principal and was like, hey, I would have at least liked the opportunity to interview. And mm-hmm. the next year the job came open, and um, I think – I think I heard that the coach was leaving 
before I heard anything from administration, but then they reached out to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, um, this is moving on to like more of like the now, um, while there are many coaches in surrounding areas that are women, the position still seems to be dominantly held by males. Do you feel as though you being a woman, people view you differently than the male coaches? Um, you're right. I mean, I have the good fortune in, in our region. There are actually um, more women coaches uh, now. You've got JoJo Carter over in Eccles, and you've got the, the lady that won the last two years – you know, we kind of dominate this region. Uh, this region mm-hmm. dominates the state playoffs. I mean, this region is a tough yeah. region. And we've had the coaches, uh, or both women, that won region uh, this last year and the year before. But uh, I have to say, there have been there have been odd things that have happened. Um, and, I, and it might just be me. I'm sort of an unusual woman and that I speak my mind and I don't try to couch <laughs> my responses to things and I don't do a lot of that feminine guile and it is what it is and I call you on it and I have had some trouble with with men referees um on occasion and I do think it had as much to do with anything because I was a woman and I wasn't backing away from what I was trying to say and I, I have felt that way yes mm-hmm. um so as a woman coach, do you see any benefit in that, or do you feel as though it doesn't really have that great of an impact on the team? Um, I think it would impact the team if I were to make a big deal out of it. You know, I, I mean, boys, y'all know right now this country's just embroiled, and uh, we're embroiled in this situation where we're we're setting it up that you have a juxtaposition. Oh, it's man versus woman, and it's all oh, these yeah, kind yes. of things. And so I think sometimes if you go looking for that to be a problem, uh, I think sometimes you get it. Now, it's kind of obvious. There are, like I said, there have been a couple of times where it's very obvious that I'm getting different treatment because, you know, the way that they're behaving with the other coach who's a man. Now, I've been in the same situation, had the same referee where it was two women coaches, and he he was giving both of us a fit. So – I, I just I don't I don't know. I think you can you can make a choice. You can stand here and say, Oh, poor old me, you know, I happen to be born a woman and this is why it's so difficult to do what I'm doing or you can just um square up your shoulders and decide what you're going to do and you just as an obstacle comes up you overcome it. You don't look for stuff because I promise you if you're looking, you can find it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I think that's an excellent yeah, yeah. And I mean you know, because this, this segment that we're doing right now, we're not necessarily trying to bait the divide, but, I mean, we are kind of guilty of bringing it to attention just because that is a major issue right now. I mean. No, no, a, I don't. It's, it's, a worth, it's a worthwhile conversation. I, but mm-hmm. I think what you do is is you'll find people um, who are like me who will say, you know, it's the situations are what you choose to make of them. But now I have a tendency to be a little bit more on the logical side and a lot less emotional. Now I do get real fired up yeah. when I'm coaching and I have to pay attention because I will, because of my being excited and jacked up, I will take things. I'm like, Hey, he just did that. Cause I'm, I, we're all girls over here. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> and, and Guys, let me tell you, this is a very passionate coach. <laughs> I wouldn't want to work with any other coach when it came to, helping her out with practices and um, 
rooting on these girls in the games last year. She's a very good coach. Agree. Her, her um assistant coach. It, I wouldn't have wanted to work with anybody. Oh, else. thank you guys. I I love it, and and I'm fortunate. My assistant, uh, Cynthia Gray. She also she followed me uh, a few years later in '95 and was on a championship team in clinch also. Uh, but now I'd like to point out both of us and down through those years, you had men coaches. Now, I I yeah. would be remiss if I didn't say that in the in the 1980s the 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 woman that that I, that stands out in my mind when you speak about female coaches and female athletes um, was the lady from. Uh, Atkinson County, Kay Relahan. I'm telling you what now, if my grandmother um, would come to see me coach middle school before she um, passed away and would call me Kay Relahan, and I thought that was the biggest compliment <laughs> because now Kay Relahan, she was hard-hitting. Um, <laughs> she was very passionate about what she wanted to do. And again, now, when she was coaching, you didn't see very many women coaches. I saw more females mm-hmm. when you went off to camp than you did down in South Georgia. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. uh, I can imagine for sure. Um, so I've got I got some more questions for like. Um, my next question is more for like our younger female audience that may aspire to play at the collegiate level someday. What's the recruiting process like for girls basketball? Because you know our school has always been very pro football, and there are constantly football coaches at our school. Do the basketball coaches make any efforts to contact you in the same way that perhaps um, D one football schools may look at our um, football players? That's not been my experience, but again, I think we're known for football. I mean, we're known yeah. um, yes. for, for athletics, period, but definitely football. If you ever um, get out of a car somewhere and people see, you know, of course, now I put in God we trust because now that I'm coaching and stuff, I, I want them to have to guess if this is my car so I don't put clinch on the back. Nothing about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> some crazy times. But um, if people find out you're from clinch, they they automatically ask, you know, what a y'all, man, y'all, what y'all, what are y'all doing over there? And I said, well, we have corn-fed children. That's all I can say. <laughs> but you, what I have found that um, a couple of years ago, we had uh, a girl that uh, my first year coaching, uh, Secret, uh, Secret Etheridge, Secret. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got in there with Secret and. Um, Secret was six foot two. Secret um, really had a lot of potential, a lot of potential to grow. I don't think, you know, she, um, as she got older, I think she became, a, and I don't think aggressive would ever be a word you could use with her, but she started, <laughs> you know, developing her skills some more, and she and I would work a lot of hours. And I have to be honest, for a while I was like, you know, you would think somebody would be interested in her. Well, one of the things we did not take advantage of that I think is a game changer is huddle. We, we didn't use huddle. I think huddle has allowed a lot of athletes to get themselves out there and you didn't have that. Yeah. In the past. Yes, for sure. I feel like um the way social media is developing now, it's um easier for, for, you know, coaches and things to just look on social media or the internet and find all these highlights. Cause you know, anybody can make a mixtape nowadays of their, their top plays and all. And I feel like social media is changing the way that schools are recruiting. Yes, because that is something I did. Um, as y'all both know, I work with the, I teach at the middle school. And one of the things that I'm an advisor for are the daily announcements. And my kids use, we use iMovie and we put together little announcements. Well, I sat down towards the end, like right at the end of the season. And I was like, okay, nothing's happening. 
And another man who's been very helpful in our community with basketball, Sean McCall, um, reached out to me one evening. It's like, hey, you know, what are, what's happening with Secret? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about this process. So I went ahead and put together a, like a two-minute clip for her. Well, I gave it to her. Well, like two weeks later, he called back and he said, so what's going on? I said, well, I gave her the clip. He said, you're going to have to help her. And I was like, I have no idea what to do. And at that point, <laughs> I know I was like, I am clueless. I was like, I, and I'm very helpful and I want to help people. I just, at that point had no idea. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got on, pulled up some schools, some JUCO schools. And I immediately, I sat down, wrote, um, wrote out a little introduction to who she was, what she could be as a player and started emailing that out. And when I gave out her height and stuff, I mean, immediately I had four calls. I mean, within like an hour. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I was like, this Mm -hmm. is, I'm ashamed that this is so easy. And I didn't know. So that kind of got us on the radar. And she ultimately wound up going to school over in, uh, in um, America's, and I always mm-hmm. mess up the name because it's surprisingly it's a technical college, but they've started getting into basketball. Yeah. And uh, that's, yes. that's how it started. And now, you know, these kids, they put their own stuff out. And we're, we're I'm doing my best to get everything on huddle so they can make their own clips. I Listen, I've got some, some girls coming along now that I think will be able to go places. And I think there's interest being generated in them because I've received emails about stuff of course they want you to come and pay them three hundred dollars for the privilege of you playing for them yeah yeah well, yeah i think we but, do have some um, good talent and potential yeah, promising athletes upcoming team for sure i mean because josh and i work you know literally hand in hand with them like we scrimmage them etc and um there's there's a lot of talent and definitely a lot of passion um not only from the seniors last year but from all the players that you're going to have this year as well yes and, and they're and more so, coming. Um, they're continuing to come. Like, we yeah, have dry sure. spells, I think, mm-hmm. you know. And, but I've looked, and you've got another girl coming along who's in seventh grade. And I think she, if she's not six foot, I, I would be mistaken. Yeah, so um, uh, going back into the topic that um, of, like, our segment right now is um, I'd like to ask, because I do have actually um, a few – interview or a few I asked a few of your former um basketball players and David actually asked one of your current ones if they give us your opinion on this so I just wanted to get yours and then maybe you could hear their responses but um as it's it's kind of it kind of goes without saying that like our women's basketball team at is specifically Clinch County High School and I'm not saying it's anybody's fault but it's not viewed with as much respect as the any male program and I mean, it, it's just, I mean, that's just how it is. And that's how it is in a lot of schools. And that's unfortunate. So I just want to know how you felt your players, now that you're the coach, are treated by the student body as a whole. Um, I, I think, like I said earlier, you know, I, people knew us, people came, we had dedicated people who followed us. They knew we were a heck of a team. We didn't get beat. The group that I've had the last couple of years, we've kind of had some rebuilding years. Um, we've had we've had people start coming back to the gym. I looked at a video from a couple of years ago, and I was surprised at um, – I don't know what caught my attention with the audience, but I was looking, and when the game started, 
there might be 20, 25 people in the gym. At halftime of the girls' game, it was about to be uh, seating room only. And this was the year when Secret then played. And I think that them almost unseating the girls who went on to win the state championship bought us some respect. But I think the problem we have, and I may get in trouble for this, but uh, the coaches and I stand around. Uh, Jeremy Edwards coaches girls softball. Mm-hmm. Um, he and uh, Coach Gray and I were standing around talking this week. And the question was, how do you motivate girls? And I think the problem is, is sometimes with, 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 with athletes who are females, what winds up happening is people kind of get frustrated with them because they might come out and just burn the place down one night and then show up on Saturday and act like they've never seen a basketball and are kind of lackluster. I don't know. (laughs) I think that that may be part of what we have going on. Um, One thing about it, back when I played, you weren't, you, you came and you left everything on the floor. There was a little bit more respect for that, but, and I'm not, you know, as coach Dickerson said one time, I'm not throwing trees. I think he meant shade. (laughs) But I, but I think that that's something that we we find ourselves involved in so many different aspects of things going on at the school. Now, these girls, and I also think a lot of it too, and I'll just go ahead and say this, social media. When I got out there, those girls from Atkinson County, I, I was getting after it, and it was going to be a slugfest. And now, these, yeah. now all the student athletes seem to know each other from the various counties because of social oh, media yeah, for and sure. stuff. Yes. And I think... And I'm speaking from experience. The one time in my life I struggled to play was I had a friend that played against uh, us from Charlton County. And um, she and I figured out we were going to the same school. This is my senior year. And I was excited. And I started talking to her. I'm thinking, why not? I'm, you know, going to this school and I don't know any people. And I'll kind of have somebody I know. It was really hard to play against her. And my coach benched me. And we were losing, Mm. about to lose the region championship for the first time in like four years. And and I think that's part of it. I think that if you want to, to have that level of respect, then it needs to be all business. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because, I mean, you definitely look at professional leagues and, I mean, WNBA and NBA included. And, yeah, a lot of these people nowadays in the off season connect and link up and do basketball camps and charity work. And, and banana boat rides. <laughs> but then, yeah, banana boat rides. <laughs> But when they get on that court, they're enemies. That's right. 100%. And that's that's something that's lacking in, uh, in high school sports in general nowadays just because of the social media and everyone knows everybody. Everyone knows what star the athlete is, where they're going to college, mm-hmm. instead of just that's the person I'm guarding or that's the person I'm covering. Yeah. Um, me personally, like if I step on the court with Joshua, I'm trying to break his legs and dunk on his neck but um I, I can understand how <laughs> being being friends with um the people from the surrounding counties you know how it could possibly affect your game and um it's um I don't I'm not I don't necessarily think that they shouldn't um have relationships with players I feel like they should you know leave it all on the court and when you're on the court um you're gonna have to drop the friendships and then right after the game you know you can high five and get back to where it was at that's that's exactly right because at the end of it if you don't view it as business and taking care of business um, and and you see it as and you and, and you and you make it kind of a personal thing. I think you have that trouble, but I do think I, I'm curious what they have to say about it. I, I would love to know because I'm telling you, I spend large amounts of time thinking, how do I change? Because 
one of my goals when I became the coach was I wanted to bring it back to the to the eighties when that gym was packed. Yeah. And you know I, that was a goal of mine. Uh, you know, and I talked to Coach George about it. And I'm like, look, bra- basketball needs to come back to where it was. It, it didn't used to be. Even when we won all the triple crown and all of the stuff back in the late eighties basketball still had a place at the table and now it's kind of like you know we're back there in the kitchen and we're toting the food out and then we might be able to eat if something's left over yeah and yeah and i think that's that's wrong because again i think you know i i I like i like football i I like to watch it but at the end of the day you're not running 94 feet back and two back and two back and two and i i mean I've told everyone, I said, you've got to be a, a different kind of athlete to play basketball. Right. Yes. And we know you like to make your athletes run. Yeah. I think <laughs> running is, I think running is fundamental and I, and I, I think that's a good thing for them. I, I just, you know, Hey, it's good. Mm-hmm. And um, so now up on the topic of, you know, how your players are treated by the community and the student body, we actually have an opinion or I have two comments by Renisha and Renicia that they sent me last night that I wanted to read for you while you were still on the air with us. And um, Renisha had this to say. She said, being a female athlete is tough considering we're always being compared to male athletes in any sport that we both play. To most people, females will never be as good as a man, which is why we're treated differently. We can't show passion or emotion on the court without being considered drama queen or extra. We are seen as having bad attitudes when we push somebody or give some or give certain looks when a male is praised for being tough and showing passion for the game. We are babies when we cry, but crying makes a, a male a strong man. In society, females are not equal when playing sports. That's the reason why we have more fouls called on us, because they're always scared that we'll fight when we really are just playing the game we love. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I I. I, I, I you, my friends, have to remind me of these things again. But, but you're right. I know, I I get a lot of uh, pushback because I'm a hard hitter, and the girls and yep. the girls do too on the court. I mean, you know, it. They have particular words for us that they want to call us, and you know, if a man does it, it, it they're right. It is something to be praised. But now, I was always terribly aggressive. I mean, I, I'm I'm like you said, stepped on the court. I it was it was on. And I did whatever I had to do to beat you down the court, keep you from shooting, keep you, you wouldn't outdo me. And, and that is viewed, you know, I think it's, um, I think it, I would have thought that would have changed in 30 years, but they're correct. She's correct. It has not. Yeah, for sure. Like even when, when I was step on the court a couple of times and I, I might get into an altercation with somebody, they want to get in my face. Then people would, you know, tell me like, you know, good job. Like, yo, um, that makes you look really tough out there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I like the way you did that, et cetera. And, you know, when I was watching some of the girls' games and they might um, get into a shoving match or something or the fans would have something like negative connotations to say, but if it had been a guy doing it, then they would have been all for it, you know, and saying it makes them look masculine and all of this. And on top of that, you know, I mean, you know, our school in general teaches our athletes to play physical and especially, you know, our basketball team because you can't, you can't play soft in basketball, definitely. Right. And so, like, you, I've seen you even tell your players, you know, be more physical and, um, you know, get into it. And, I mean, I think one of the things is that they have such an 
especially like including the refs on touching on the fouls being called so frequently. Like when y- your players get physical, they're not used to seeing that. So it's just like they think, or at least that they think that they're not supposed to expect that. So they think that when it happens, that they're being over the top, and that and weirdly, it's exactly what the males do, and nothing get called gets called. And I, I believe the um officiating thing you were talking about, it's it's true in um high school as well as professional. You know, in high school, girls are going to get called for more fouls, and in the WNBA, you're going to get called for a travel, no questions asked. But in the NBA, those guys can you know get some frequent flyer miles. They're using travelocity out there. Like, <laughs> You're right. You're right. I mean, several steps. And it's a and completely it, different game. You know, the, the girls, the women have to play more fundamentally than the, um, for example, the guys in the NBA, they're not going to get, they're not going to get all the, um, the calls the way they want them to go. Like the, like the guys might be able to. And to piggyback mm-hmm. off that, like, I, this is a little bit of anecdotal evidence, but I remember I was when me and David would help you scrimmage. I remember we would we would guard you know the athletes that you had, and then they would turn around like we we would be guarding them in the post, for example, and they would turn around to do, to do a post shot, and we would jump to block, and we would not hit them, but then they would say foul, and we but, were really confused until it was explained to us that pretty much if you even jump mm-hmm. in women's basketball in high school it's somehow a foul. Yeah, it's condi- yes. they're conditioned that if somebody even jumps at them in the air then it's a foul and they're going to have to go to the line. Yeah. And I remember thinking how ridiculous that was and like how it was just kind of almost like it, that's more of a problem on the refs than what we were doing because I mean that's just not a foul. I mean you could even read the rule book and I, and I, but you, the funny thing is, is we follow the same rule book. Um, exactly. When Coach Green, we have to sit down, the coaches have to take a class or walk through these videos and they explain the new rules and different things. And um, she and I have on several occasions have pointed out that there would be a rule change and the rule would be much more stringent for the girls' game. Now, and I've often said too, I mean, I've not ever refed a game, but you might just be doggone tired by the time the boys' game starts and just not be willing to blow your whistle. I don't know that that's <laughs> it. I mean, we're going to get some slack. But, and also, too, I mean, and I'm just throwing these things out here because there are several things to consider. They've come, and they've already they've already run through one game, and the more fouls you call, the longer you're you're sitting there. And a lot of these referees, and, I, and I'm, I'm not making excuses, but, I mean, there are some other variables to consider. If I've got up and I've gone to my job and I've been there since 6 o'clock that morning or I've left my house at 6 o'clock and I'm still in Homerville, Georgia at 8.30 and I still have to drive home to Valdosta or whatever, wherever I live, why blow the whistle? And, and, right. and they won't. We know that they want to see boys be the physicality. They, we like that. You know people like football and they like sports because – they wind up being gladiator style things. Exactly. And uh-huh. I still think, and I will say this, and I don't ever really see it changing. I think there will always be something about that. I don't, even with the WNBA, and I love to watch the WNBA, follow it, look at the stuff. I follow a bunch of college teams and read a lot of things. We're all, we're, we consider ourselves playing on equal footing. But in reality, yeah. when, when, when you leave your gym and you engage with other teams and you involve at referees and things like that, it's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, I was um, on Bleacher Report today because, you know, when I'm at work and I'm not having anything to do, I, 
I go to Bleacher Report, and I, I notice, you know, there's not a WNBA tab. There's, there's not. There's, there's not a lot of women's sports coverage unless you go to, for example, the tennis. They'll have Serena Williams know the MMA tab. They might have one or two articles, but those same articles will be up there, you know, all week. As in, there's no WNBA coverage really on Bleacher Report. And to find even the women's national soccer team, you've got to click on the drop-down um, bar to even look at that. There's not a lot of women's coverage on Bleacher Report. That's not really a jab at them, but it just shows, you know, obviously they don't view it the same because they're not giving it the same type of, type of coverage and marketing. And I'd, I'd like to mention that, you know, when touching on that is that a lot, it's almost like a diss sentence for that post to post about the WNBA, which is ridiculous. Like if you post about the WNBA, then you're going to get a thousand comments on that post because you're a popular news site and 550 of them will be, sexist remarks yeah another another thing i've got to i want to mention um you know the WNBA is a league-wide sponsored by puma i'm wondering why these um larger brand markets don't go after the WNBA. and like there's nothing wrong with puma i mean shout out to puma they just gave my boy marvin bagley the third the largest um rookie contract since kevin durant and he's also my wife's favorite player because he, she says he looks like a goat and he played for Duke. But, um, <laughs> you know, I wonder why Nike or, you know, Adidas or Under Armour doesn't go after this, uh, the WNBA, and try and make it their, their focus, you know. And, for example, 2K is one of the largest video games out there. It doesn't have WNBA, but it sure has the EuroLeague. NBA Live has the, um, has the WNBA, but, I mean, I just don't feel like it has as big of a – um, market as 2K does. It doesn't. It doesn't. Definitely. I, I will say this. I do see, like, um, we, we just had the finals here not too long ago, and um, I think you, you want there, – there's a lot of, a lot of um, discussion in it. But, again, it's not stuff that you're seeing with everybody. It's just kind of coming up along the long. But they just had they've just had someone else quit in the in the hierarchy at WNBA and yeah. you know the the thing is is the women don't get the money and and again they don't get the money the men do because well you don't have as many people showing up you don't have these right. high dollar contracts that you're talking about and mm-hmm. again i mean it but now i I'm, I'm i'm going back to what you said earlier is Women's basketball is much more fundamentally sound. That the WNBA level is much more fundamentally sound than the For NBA. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, girl, women's basketball at the WNBA level looks like you've had Coach K or um, it, it. You know, some of the Duke teams and stuff. Because now I like Coach K. Everything's very fundamental with him. I like the exactly. It, it, so you look, women's basketball looks more like uh, men's college ball. It's it's yes. similar to like how the game is actually you know, set up how it's meant to be played, honestly. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. Like, nobody knocks the Spurs when they were winning all those titles for playing incredibly fundamental basketball, but they want to say that the WNBA is boring because they don't do a 360 windmill every time they go to the rim. Exactly. And yes. there's just – the average height is even – the NBA's average height is like, what, 6'7", 6'8"? 6'7", yeah. The WNBA is only six foot. Six I mean, foot, it's, yeah. It's a more relatable sport, honestly, than the actual NBA because, you know, they're closer to the average height of actual people, everyday people. 
Yes. But now I will say this. One thing I've seen that's made me really proud is that you have seen, and I can't off the top of my head remember, but I've seen posts from some of the, um, and some of your, your NBA players are showing up supporting the women and, you know, talk about right. how the women Isaiah are getting short Yes. Right. And so, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, but it, what it boils down to, and, 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 and we can, we can make it be whatever it's going to be. It winds up being big business at the end of the day and, yeah. and where, what people are willing to pay for is what's going to be promoted. And, you know, um, I myself was guilty of not keeping up with the WNBA just because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't put out there like the NBA is. I, I didn't even know the finals were going on, honestly, until it was on TV at work. Somebody had it playing. I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. And then I, I looked into, more into it, and I just don't really understand why they're not getting the push that the, the other male sports are getting, male athletes are getting. Well, they're doing stuff with social media. They have where you can watch the, the WNBA live. Yeah. And, and you would follow some things like that, and I would try to watch those. But um, they've done things like that. But, it's again, it's, it's not like it's going to be on – your 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 big networks ESPN is not going to headline them and give a slot to to see the women play like they have right I mean and and honestly I, I as much as I have watched it if you were to ask me who's my favorite player what team are they on and things like that I, I'd have to confess that I don't know that I know I know, I watch it and I watch what they do and what they're about but I don't particularly have a favorite player right yes and, and I mean, that's, I think, that's, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm just going to, no, my fault. I was just going to say, and, and I think I can sit here readily and name, you know, LeBron and Steph Curry and, exactly. and, and things like that. And you, and you, and there's much more um, talk about that. And I can tell you that I watched almost every one of the games last year in, in the finals. But again, it was the accessibility. It's the fact that everybody around you is talking about it and it's, and it's just more at the forefront. They they even played the NBA Finals. I was on a cruise during the NBA Finals. They actually played one of the games on the big screen by the pool. I, I don't. I honestly don't think they would have done that for the WNBA. If I had went on a cruise, you know, a couple weeks ago while that was going on, I'm not so sure they would have gave that any coverage whatsoever. I, yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> you're right. And um, so uh, along that note, we want to talk about something that we kind of touched on last podcast however it wasn't about the WNBA specifically but we want to touch on like the salary issue in the WNBA now I'd like to point out that a lot of people believe that they're asking for the same contracts as actual NBA players like that obviously it's a larger market so the NBA players are going to make more money that's just economics they're not asking for a 10 million dollar contract they're asking for a higher percentage of what the WNBA brings in. You know, um, honestly, about that, I'm not so sure that the WNBA could on even afford to um, do that right now considering some of the teams are actually losing money just because they're, you know, a smaller stadium. They're going to have um, less in attendance. They, they might can jack up the prices a little bit if they have a um, lower attendance. But um, I just – I think they're – we just have to get them more publicity and build the fan base more before before that's actually plausible. Well, I've never read an article, and I did a few weeks ago on in Twitter and kind of followed the controversy. There was a uh, WNBA basketball game canceled because one team could not make a connecting flight to get where they need to be. Now, we know really? 
NBA players are not riding first class or coach. They're riding private. They're riding private, chartered. Exactly. So, you know, and, and, and again, I still say we know that everything boils down to supply and demand. And I, and I think, you know, that it's, I don't know that we're there yet. I, I would say some of the women who are playing now um, are making a difference and, and, and yeah. it's, they're just phenomenal athletes. Like, uh, I, and, and I think that the thing that gets me the most with them is they're more willing to say, and I can't, and I'm, again, I apologize for not knowing her name. Um, but the, the young lady who was the MVP and she basically, Brianna Stewart. yes, Brianna, that's her name. I mean, she, I've read an article about her and basically she was, came off the bench, was about to quit, barely made the cut. And I don't think we honor, I think we, I think people uphold some folks in the NBA and they don't realize how much work these men are doing, but they just think they're right. natural talent and they just enjoy watching them. And it's like, you know, uh, well, these women are having to work for it. They don't know that, you know, Steph Curry's in the gym, you know, however many hours a day during the off season. They don't talk right. about that. They just talk about how great he is. But it's the same thing. You're if your talent sure. without work is wasted. Exactly. I mean, there there are plenty of examples across the board in professional basketball. Yes. That shows that I mean, you can have all the talent in the world. I mean, that don't really equate to anything if you. I mean, if you don't put in the work. I mean, it's just. No. The truth. But it's just I don't I don't think it's going to matter still how much work you know women athletes do because like the other day you know if you want to talk about the way females are treated and you you kind of harken back to this but but Serena Williams now she was over the top I, I would say you know but at the same time the biggest thing that happened when it first started everybody was horrified because there's a woman yelling at the I mean I grew up in the days love John McEnroe. John McEnroe would throw a racket, throw a racket, mm-hmm. you know, he showed out, he yelled and stuff like that. And, oh, you know, he was just Mr. Testosterone, but had Chris Everett or Martina or any of the women that were playing back then have done something like that. Oh my goodness. They may as well just, you know, turned in their little tennis skirts. Yeah. And finished. Even today, I feel like if that situation had been a male tennis player, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have had so much negative conversation. Now some people would have still said, you know, oh he's been a crybaby. Um, he needs to calm down, etc. But I don't think it would have been as big of a deal had it been a male. They would have wanted to say that he's passionate about his sport. Exactly. They'd be like, oh, I've been blown understand. up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and just because um, we're running around a little bit of time on this on this segment, and also because we wanted to really let you hear the other opinions of some of your Please. former and current basketball players, I'd like to. Um, David, could you read what um, Angel McRae had to say on the subject? Yeah. Um, so I asked Angel, um, how would you say you're viewed as an athlete due to your gender? And this is what she had to say. She said, um, I feel that I am overlooked sometimes in basketball because of my gender. Some feel that a man could play basketball better than a woman, such as Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, but there are Sue Birds and Tamika Catchings who were just as good. That's why you have to leave everything on the court, blood, sweat, and tears. You have to think nothing but basketball while on the court. As a female in this world today, you have to make your own mark. No one is going to do it for you. In my eyes, a female is just as strong as a man, just in her own ways. And, 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 then, I, and She's phenomenal. I agree with that. And she does what, you know – I've pushed her, I've pushed her past her limit, and she does, and I agree, and she still does not get the accolades that 
that a guy would get. Oh yeah, for sure. Her and her and Zai are just phenomenal, and they're gonna do, they're gonna have a great high school career, and they've already started on that journey. And yeah, there's potential in a lot of your athletes and some of the upcoming ones. For sure. And then um, Renisi had a little bit more of a neutral approach, but she she did sort of acknowledge it, and she said, "Sports were basically what my high school career consisted of." Because I've cheered, played softball and basketball, and ran track, I will say that females don't get the same support as males. I was better in some sports than others, but I was not so bad that people didn't respect the skills that I did have. For the most part, I think I was viewed as a decent overall athlete. Sports were not something I wanted to go to college for, so I never really cared how I was viewed. Mm, yes, and 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 then you, there is that aspect. You know, you do it for the back when I was playing. We did it for the joy of the game. We, you know, there's right. really nothing beyond that. But I do think as as these JUCOs are picking up and having basketball teams now, even if they're a technical college, I think that door is being opened. And I and I, I just believe that it, that if women will have the opportunity which has been a problem, I think that could change. But, yes, she's right. Both All of the girls are right. And, you know, again, you are going to – you've talked to to three of my players. You've talked to me. And all of us have had somewhat of a varying opinion, which, again, goes back to it it can be what you choose to make of it. Right. Yes. And, I mean, you know, everybody has different experiences and everybody's going to have a different opinion and how they look at it. But – a, a common theme is that there is, in pretty much everyone's comment, is at some level there is the specific treatment of, you know, either women coaches or women athletes or any kind of thing like that. And, I mean, I just feel like that's an important issue that needs to be touched on just because, I mean, we want to watch, you know, we want to, we enjoy sports. We don't want it to become an issue like we would like for it to be something where everybody the game is played equally and calls are called equally and we'd like to get it to that point eventually and so that you can just have a love of the game and play the game well and 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 i agree with that and i and i i would love to see it so that um where you know you don't when you walk off the court or there's something has happened you have to ultimately come down to well was it because I was a woman or because I'm a girl and 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 I do think a lot of times you know girls do wind up feeling that way and 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 I hate that because you know yeah. we, we bring a lot there's you know there is a lot of excitement that I see generated in our games and stuff and I just you know I don't want to see the girls undercut but again we're pushing as hard as we can to try to bring our play to the next level. And I'm curious to see what kind of difference that's going to make. For sure. All right. And um, we're reaching the 55 minute marks very soon. So to our listeners and to Miss Tanya, I hope that we have um, touched on this topic as gracefully as possible and that we've handled it um, appropriately. And thank you so much for being on the show. And till next time, listeners.